Hey folks, welcome back to DC Freecast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Vince. Zach is out on assignment this week and next, and so you just got the two of us for the next couple weeks. He's but, dead, uh, actually. Uh, well, you know, we didn't want to say that, but uh, through uh, necromancy, we're hoping to have him back in a few weeks. But uh, until then, we're going to talk about Dark Crisis War Zone number one. Uh, Vincey, how long has the War Zone thing been a DC event? I know there wasn't there a Death Metal War Zone. Uh, yes, there was. Um, there was also a Joker War Zone. There was a Joker War Zone. Yes. Um, I can't remember if there was a. Uh, what was the what was the uh, Deathstroke? Um, event that the the Deathstroke mini event that uh, Williamson did. The the one just recently with Robin and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, what was that call? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Shadow Shadow War Zone. There was a Shadow War Zone. Yes, there was. There was not a Death Metal War Zone. I'm wrong about that. Uh, I could have sworn there was. Yeah, I could have sworn there was. Um, it's not coming up in my quick search here. Well, maybe it was called something else, or or maybe it was. Uh, maybe there wasn't. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, there's a lot of war zones lately, <laughs> right? Or lately, yes, uh, definitely the last uh, three years, we'll say. Um, and I don't know whether they did this sort of event or this sort of uh, issue. In prior events, I'm trying to think. I can't think. Like Infinite Crisis, definitely not. Final Crisis, no. Those books had more like spinoff miniseries. Right. Whereas this really doesn't have any spinoff miniseries. So instead, you get a couple of issues like this. And like the book we'll talk about next week, where it sort of does the stuff that would have been done in a miniseries, just in a much more compressed way. Right. Which... That is very much a thing that came in with the Scott Snyder stuff because his metal and death metal books would not so much have tie in miniseries, but they would have all kinds of individual issues that served different purposes. Right, right. Um, And, and, And those books also had a couple of books that would sort of be tie ins, but within the main series, like Justice League would tie in or. Or right, Batman right. would tie in, you know. Or but... unfortunately, Supergirl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Um, however, the concept of the Warzone book, I feel like that's been a Marvel thing for longer. Um, I mean, Punisher Warzone is a classic Marvel title. Right, but I but not just the title, but like the 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 type of issue it is, or the type of comic it is uh marvel has an analog for that that they've been using since i want to say civil war if not before that yeah which what the hell is the name of that um i had it earlier this week when i was reading this comic front uh front front line civil war ah damn it what what is it you know what i'm talking about i i i i sure I'll pretend I know what they're talking about. I don't read Marvel it's, events. <laughs> I know, but it's it's the book. It's the comic. Marvel has these. They've had these in several of their events. Um, it's like the kind of the boots on the ground. Let's look at the event from the ground level. Uh, 
and and all these different it is frontline civil war frontline okay is that what i said <laughs> it's just something um, close to that if not yeah yeah and that's very much how this issue starts out with uh 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 iris god damn it i can't remember anyone's name or any title <laughs> of any it starts off with iris like reporting from from the war zone basically. And so it reminds me of those Marvel tie-in series that try to accomplish the same thing. I'm pretty sure secret empire had one for, for as maligned as that event is civil war had one. I'm fairly certain siege had one. You'll have to take my word for all of this, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's a popular concept. I feel like with an event book to kind of, microscope in on various parts of the actual battle itself. Yeah. And, and I think that like, this is some, one of the things that I think we talk about sometimes with these uh, big events is that there are probably interesting stories that are happening outside of the sort of, you know, main focus on the periphery. And so I like in theory, these stories that, that tell, um, that tell those stories. And I think it's better done in one issue than in a miniseries for the most part. Maybe that's just the crank in me who has to read comics for this podcast. <laughs> and would rather read one issue of this than six issues of this. Um, but I, mean, I can't remember any of, I can't remember any of these like street level spinoff things that really feel like you need more than what you get here though. Right. Oh no, no. I think um, personally, I, I've never been a fan of those comics because as I was reading an event, they always felt, and maybe this is um, not fair of me or maybe I'm asking too much, but, but the kind of the frontline stuff always seems like such small potatoes compared to the actual event that's going on. And what, what the rebuttal to that might be is, well, that's where you get the personal side of the story right if sure. if dark crisis has been kind of failing for us uh, on a certain level because it's not personal enough or because there's not enough to get invested in maybe the you know some of these smaller stories stories within the story could be well uh, i don't think this i don't first of all i don't think like any of those marvel ones really knocked my socks off either um but I don't think this comic accomplishes that at all. I think, I think these stories it's, it's interesting in theory to kind of uh, draw the focus on these little micro battles, but I don't think we learn a single thing about any of these characters or it's not really additive to anything that's going on in dark crisis. I don't think. Yes, I, I will agree with that. What I think it does in uh, it, it does two things that felt like they should have been done in the main story. And we'll get to those two stories, two pieces again in a minute. But let, let, let's just start going through the stories here uh, and we'll we'll talk about it sort of in context. The first one is called On Time. It is written by Jeremy Adams, illustrated by Fernando Pissarin. And this is the um, Linda West and Iris. No. Linda Iris West, West and Iris Linda. West. Well, Linda's married at this point, right? Oh, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is she, did they get, did they, 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 they have kids. I mean, they, they, 
They oh, uh, well, Brian. No, that no, no, doesn't, no, no. Uh... no. What I'm saying is their relationship like is is long standing. I'm pretty sure they're yes. married. Like, yeah, yeah. they I were wasn't before imp- the. Yes, I wasn't implying you need to be married to have kids. You <laughs> asshole. Um... <sighs> God, <laughs> Zach's not here. When the gentleman ghost of the show isn't here, yeah, uh, it just because gets Brian. Brian gets into goofus mode. Fuck off. We can't uh, we can't help we can't help that sometimes your trad calf uh origins <laughs> bleed through. Oh, you fucking asshole. All right. Um <laughs> anyway, the first that I wrote down is so th- this issue begins with uh, with like some some man on the streets uh like man on the street little moments here with with different heroes being talked about by um by just bystanders. Bystanders. Someone goes like the blue and gold was here. Yeah, no one has yeah. ever said that in the history of these. Like, th- th- this is, th- this is not. That is the least accurate part of this whole comic. No one's ever, first of all, no one's ever called them that, and no one's ever been excited to see Booster Gold show up in a comic uh, in the real world. And I love those well, characters, but it's just that character is Dan Jurgens. So yeah, oh exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, on one hand, it is nice to have this little like Flash family reunion in this book. However, on the other. They are having like the most serious banter that you can imagine. And Iris is not a hero. Linda's been a hero for six seconds. And they're they're like having these deep personal conversations in the middle of this fight. And I know that's what comics do all the time, but this felt particularly like silly in that way. Even though I thought everything they were talking about was actually pretty good and some nice character beats and, and pairs nicely with what Adams is doing on the flash, it just felt kind of phony i don't know if you felt the same way or not yeah and i think actually i think you said better right there my problem with the frontline events like whether you're talking about marvel or whether you're talking about this um i know it seems uh, it is it is nitpicking to say this but that is a bizarre thing to have happen in what is supposed to be like the fight of all fights right right um now again it's comics we're, we're being nitpicky um but i think the flash series the ongoing series by jeremy adams has done a ton of that stuff a ton of that character work characters bouncing off of one another and and uh learning things new, learning new things about people that they've known for years and years and it's been done a lot better in that book even even if it's the same writer you know i think uh maybe one of my faults as a reader is that i maybe i'm too clinical when i read these things because i read a lot of comics and i think a lot about like okay what is this issue trying to accomplish or what is this why does this issue exist if it's part of an event tie-in, you know, like right. why did this tie-in need to exist? And I I can't help but feel that since DC has started to do some of these sort of uh, one-off generically named tie-ins, it all feels like leftover scraps from somewhere else, you know? Yes. Uh, all of these stories feel that way. They don't feel connected. They don't have like, the only connective tissue is that they take place during dark crisis. I don't even think they stick to the kind of frontline 
message of it all. I think this first no. story does. Yes. But but also also did DC even say that did they just call it that? Did they even say that that's really what this would be? No, I <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. think that's us projecting here a little bit. But, but I, I would say that Warzone is just supposed to be like these are the tales from the these are the these this is what's happening in the corners you don't get to see. Yeah, that's it. Like, I I don't know if there's anything more than that. Um, yeah, yeah, I and know. I think like like again, like maybe this isn't a good thing to do when you're just trying to read superhero comics and enjoy them. Um, but I can't help myself but to think like, did this comic need to exist, or was this, or was this like something that they could have accomplished in two pages in an issue of Flash? Right. Well, to or, me, that this this could have been a fine like half flash story, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, I I have been of the opinion, and this is you know, um, I guess this is the socialist in me, but I just feel like these these should be given away for free on the internet. Like this is a totally different vibe. If you got an an alert on on Twitter or whatever social media platform you use, like, hey, DC has released this free tie-in. People would 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 love that, and it wouldn't feel like why did I waste? What is it? Is this a six dollar comic? <laughs> uh, it's you it's, could tell me it was a ten dollar comic, and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. It's it's six dollar comic, yeah. Like it it just feels like this isn't a six dollar comic. No offense to anyone involved, it's just it's not. And so give these do put these on DC Universe Infinite for free. And I think everybody's attitude changes a little bit. It it makes it. I, I guess by by printing it, it makes it feel like you have to read it to get to the store to get the full Dark Crisis story. But you don't. Nothing about Dark Crisis is really revealed here. That yeah. said, some nice Fernando Pissarro art. Yeah, he does. He's a good Flash artist. He does. He does movement and kinetic stuff pretty well. And uh, yeah, th th this was a fun. A fun visual time, even if the story was a little bit slight. Uh, second story is called Just When I Thought I Was Out, which is both a Godfather 3 and a Sopranos reference. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Frank Thierry and uh, Serge Acuna. And this is one of the stories that I would say maybe had a place in Dark Crisis proper because there's been a couple of shots and we've commented on the show where you see the you see the specter as part of like the dark army and you're supposed to like think like holy fuck they got the specter but we've not <laughs> seen but we've not seen the specter in so long and there's been no sort of discussion of that at all and so this somewhat fills in that you know that question but it doesn't really do that um I don't know. It's just this is a strange, this is a very strange story in here. Do you agree that this feels like that they that they've been using the specter in a way that expects us to know stuff that we don't know, and this kind of fills that in? Um, see, I don't even, I don't even know if it accomplishes that. You know, um. Yes, I think it does. It does feel that way. Like, like even just starting out with Jim Corrigan, uh, like booking it away in his car, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
obviously like if you're a longtime reader of comics you know that that's that's jim corrigan just by the way he looks um but absolutely no context for what and again maybe that's asking too much of this maybe this is just supposed to be a throwaway gag of an issue but um but then I, I have to ask why that exists because unless there's I mean, it hints that maybe there's more coming Spectre-wise. Which I'm not opposed to. I think the Spectre is an interesting character. And yeah, you know, he, he's been a JSA member and JSA is getting the relaunch now. So maybe that's where we'll see him again. But I, I will say that if a new Spectre miniseries or something essentially pops up uh, in the dawn of DC or whatever, and the, and the impetus for that was having Corrigan and the Spectre linked again here. Again, I didn't know that they were ever unlinked. Uh, I'm sure that that happened at some point in the last 10 years of DC Comics, but um, but if you know, if this is the the launching point for some new Spectre story, then it makes a lot more sense. If we don't see the Spectre again, are we then then like what was this? <laughs> Well, I'll double down on that. If if there's going to be more Spectre stuff in the DC universe, wouldn't it make sense to put that in Dark Crisis so that it gives people a chance to to read that and to jump off into this new story as opposed to this tie-in that no one's going to read or remember? I guess, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I think Serge Acuna's art looks pretty good here. Actually, I like this the sort of uh, the style he goes for. I love specifically like the way that he draws Frankenstein. You know, half cut in half on top of a car. I think his Corrigan is really expressive, and you know, the art is is pretty fun here. It's not my favorite style of art, but I think it really works for this story. And you know, Frank Thierry is I don't think either of our favorite writers here. But I think he does a, a perfectly cromulent job in this issue, getting the point across. So, yeah, I mean, th- I guess this is fine. But again, what is I mean, also, the reason we think this might have more is because it ends by saying end with a question. Yeah, mark. I, I couldn't remember whether it did or not. It does. But like almost every single story we get in one of these anthologies ends with never the end or the end. You know, <laughs> not uh, all of them. <laughs> so many of these end that way. Many of them do. Yeah. Um. All right. So next up is Amazon Helping Hand by Stephanie Williams and Caitlin Yarsky. And this is the most nothing story I think I've ever read in my entire life. It's it's wild that it doesn't even. Uh, it barely has anything to do with Dark Crisis, at least. Uh, at least the dark crisis that the opening story of this issue uh, right. establishes, you know? Right. Yes. It's yeah. It's, Nothing it's, happens in this story. No, no. And you know what? I want the wonder woman books to be good. I so badly want them to be good because I, honestly, like she's one of my favorite characters. Um, I've read a thousand issues of wonder woman <laughs> to prove it, you know, but I feel like so many uh, stories about Wonder Woman or about the Amazons are about like, this is what they symbolize. 
Yes. This is this is what they mean to which is all something that should yes, absolutely that should be a part of the Wonder Woman of the Themyscirin Amazonian story. Absolutely. But I feel like every single comic is about that now. <laughs> well, and, and the problem with that is when you make every story an allegory, you're not actually telling stories. Yeah. Like, there is so there is nothing about this story about this issue rather that gives you any insight into who the Amazons are aside from these like platitudes about who they are. And those don't really matter. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get it, man. The wonder woman books are in such a dire place for me right now. I actually was thinking the other day, like it's wild that DC isn't publishing any wonder woman books. I'm like, Oh no, they are. We just all decided not to read them because they're such trash right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just depressing. Um, so I'm really interested to talk about this next one. This one is called Make Our Confessions Long so When We Pray We Keep It Short. It's written by Matthew Rosenberg and illustrated by uh, George Cambodias. And this is a Green Lantern story. I know that uh, both of us are on record, but especially you as not being the biggest Matthew Rosenberg fan. But I actually liked this Green Lantern story a fair amount. It's it's slight and it's predictable. It's mainly a Guy Gardner um Joe Mullen story, but it's not. I mean, the, the, very little actually happens no here. But I thought this was one of the better stories in this issue. But I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on it. See, I think this is, I think this is the Wonder Woman story, but for the Green Lanterns. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> you know? yes. But this is done a little bit. But this one, at least, I think it's has done to do with better Dark because it's, yes, it more directly connects to the story at hand in a tangible way that actually advances something from that. Yes, you're absolutely right. That said, I, I still think it's annoying. I, I think like a lot of the dialogue is just somebody yelling, hold the line <laughs> over and over again. Love isn't always on time. <laughs> very, very nice. We're getting um, total up on this bitch. <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite total, but you know, uh, what is your favorite total? Let's take a little diversion here. I, I, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> I just... there, there's only three options here. It's Rosanna, hold it's the Rosanna. line, it's or Rosanna. correct. That's a correct answer. Or Africa yeah. is the third choice. But yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes, it is. I saw is... all three of those songs performed by Ringo Starr and his All Star Band in 2012 <laughs> with Steve Lukather of Toto on uh, on guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Yoda got kicked out of one of the incarnations of Ringo Starr and the All-Star Band? Back <laughs> he was in the trying 90s? to give blow to Gary Brooker, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brooklyn Hiram Zone, who passed this year, I believe, or last. He's... Oh, rest in peace. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, Another looks... night in white satin gone. Uh, that is the Moody Blues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what am I? What is what is Brooklyn hair? Whiter shade of pale. Shade of pale. Yes. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, also played keyboards. That. On, that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, also on keyboards for George Harrison's "All Things Must Pass" and the concert for George. I believe it. Yeah. All yeah. things must pass. Just uh, celebrated its like fifty-second birthday. Yes, it did. Is that what it was? Okay. I believe so. Yes. I love that number. 52. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wasn't just saying that because it's a DC podcast. We're, we're, we're doing all things must pass month. 
Oh, uh, imagine every... it would just it would be the equivalent of the Justice League of America covers. It'd be just a different superhero sitting on that lawn with a with a with a gnome next to it. It would just be, you know, oh man. If we had this joke ten years ago, fucking fire. We could have done some we could have done some stuff with it, but uh it's too late now. But, yeah. I think it's a good idea, and I stand by it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the Green Lantern story is fine. I I, I do like. I, I want to specifically point out how different the art is from everything else in this book. Uh, I think the art is is very fun. It it almost has like a um, not quite like a webtoons look to it, but certainly a a more modern, non typical DC aesthetic to the art. And I want to particularly shout out the uh, the colors by Matt Herms. The colors look really vibrant, and it, I, I, that's what I love when a Green Lantern book when the green of the lantern ring just pops off the page and looks otherworldly. And that does this does that very very well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, I don't know if I agree that this is one of the one of the best stories in this thing. But what I will say is, it's nice to see the Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'll nitpick that I, I feel like lately, um, they're being treated as such an afterthought that they are just, it kind of reminds me of crisis where like around the original crisis, they didn't have much of a role in that. They just kind of showed up and did the same thing where they didn't, they show up in like one issue and they were like, yeah, we'll fight some, we'll fight some guys. And then like, they didn't really. Am I wrong about that? I think that's right. That that yeah. that, that that seems familiar to me. It, um, it feels very much the same here, which is like you could argue that that's an homage, but at the same time, like, man, how far have the Green Lanterns fallen in like yeah. DC's pecking order? You know. Yeah. Um, but I do agree that it's a, a very visually nice story, and if nothing else, I like seeing the Green Lanterns because of the visuals even if they're not given much to do. So well, that, that that was going to be uh, my sort of rebuttal to what you were saying about it not being maybe one of the best stories. I feel like the story is it's the to me it's it's the most interesting visual story that is out there. It's it seems crazy to me that whenever anything happens in the DC universe, the Green Lantern Corps isn't the first phone call anyone makes because just of the power of the the power and the size, right? Mm-hmm. So I think having them involved here is good for Dark Crisis, and I think the story is inoffensive enough that I can, I can jive with it. So, sure. Uh, and that brings us to our final story, which is Birds of a Feather by Delilah Dawson and Tom Derenick. Uh We get uh, <laughs> uh, like seven, you know, twenty, twenty-eight, twenty-nine-year-old Damian Wayne here again, where he's drawn <laughs> like a regular dude. Um, and this brings back the team. What was that book we just read that had this team in it? Um, it was, was the it, last was, was uh, one dark of these days years. that was was it, that was called no no that's like it isn't that like a death metal thing probably okay. it was dark crisis uh it's like last week i should really know this yeah i mean it was the problem was it was just as memorable as this um exactly oh clark took it out of the box too oh, oh. <laughs> hang on hang on hang on i, I, I love i always love peeking behind the curtain by saying yes <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking on cool. our on our uh, Patreon. There, I already made the show notes for this episode for next ep- for the episode that's coming out. 
I'll, be, I'll beat you to it, you old bastard. Oh no! I wrong week. Wrong week. Ah, this is great, great radio. Great, great radio here. Just great, great radio. Uh, it I is can... Dark Army. Ah, uh, the Dark Army. Okay, Dark yeah. Crisis, Dark Army. That was totally worth that minute of us stalling. Absolutely. Yeah, I could have messed up the name of another '70s classic rock anthem. That's that's true. You you could have said that, that it was. That it was, um, let's see, what are we going to do here? Well, was White Jeff- Room with Black Curtains. Yeah, by, you would have said that was by Derek and the Dominoes, but it was actually by <laughs> Cream. So, I uh, remember. <laughs> look, Eric Clapton's an asshole. That's all we got to say. Yeah, yeah. He was. You know, I was just thinking about how um, it's so rare uh, for like good art to be made. Uh, by a guy that like virulent you know yeah and i don't and to to be honest like i'm not a big clapton fan like music wise either you know mm-hmm. but i was thinking about the ending of layla that plays in goodfellas you know yeah oh yeah. For, yeah for some reason i was thinking about that at work i had it like running through my head and i'm like that is probably the most like beautiful piece of music written by an awful not written, guy. not written by clapton oh no it wasn't that, so that that? I'm gonna blow. Okay, this is we're at, we are okay. off the rails, but this is a short okay. episode, so let's go for it. That is, if you read the credits, it's written by Jim Gordon, who was the drummer for Derek and the Dominoes, Commissioner but, James Gordon. Yes, but apparently, you're telling me a James Gordon wrote this song. Yes, but okay. apparently, you're telling me a shrimp, it. Fred? No, okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a shrimp. The uh, yeah, uh, apparently he um he stole the quota from his girlfriend who wrote it. So apparently, his girlfriend wrote it. And he just uh, Layla wrote it herself. No, Jim Gordon's girlfriend. Um, (laughs) But talking about Jim Gordon, talking about Eric Clapton being a bad guy, uh, Jim Gordon uh, killed his mother with a hammer. So because he 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 was he was mentally ill, and uh, so yeah. So again, just just good people all around Derek and Domino's world. Man, oh man, yeah. So but yes, the, the real the, Maxwell Silver Hammer moment. <laughs> right? Bang bang, yeah, um, yeah. My uh, my old man cover band I play in. We started putting the coda to Layla at the end of While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, nice. because because no one needs the beginning of Layla. Yeah, no, no, you don't I, need that I, at all. I don't like that part. No, so Gently Weeps is a great song, and then it, we end it with the coda to Layla. That's fun. Well, that's great. Yeah, yes, yeah. I like that. Anyway, Birds of a Feather by Delilah Dawson and Tom Derrick. Hey, you wanted uh, to make this. Uh, you, we need to stretch this out. You know, this we is, did. This is this is what we get. This is. <laughs> we're sorry, folks. We're trying to. Make, we have one book to talk about this week. Zach's not here. We're doing our best. Sorry for our sorry. classic don't, rock. No, don't not, say that. That's, that's true. I'm I'm proud of this episode. Best episode ever. <laughs> this is our Eisner bait episode. Uh, when they launch the best comics podcast, Eisner in the future, this will this will be the the, the prototype for all those awards. Um, what I was going to say was we get the team from the Dark Army back with Power Girl and Red Canary and Sideways and Dr. Light. And that's all fun. I like those characters. But this is 100% something that should have been in Dark Crisis itself because Red Canary has been this sort of touted new character that we were going to get in Dark Crisis. And we've gotten little glimpses of her, but nothing of any substance. And this is the this is the closest to an origin that we get for her. Even though there's not a ton here, this little bit would have made a lot of sense to happen in Dark Crisis. Do you agree with that? I do agree. 
although it would have to be a lot shorter because all it amounts to is is red canary fangirling for uh black canary mm-hmm. which i feel like if you did you would have to condense that down to like a page for well, the event proper but here's what you could have done you could like i'm trying to think of of what the character there's a character in is it it's infinite crisis maybe where basically we see their whole origin slowly play out over the course of the issues. So like if you had in the first page of Dark Crisis, the first issue of Dark Crisis, just you see this girl like looking at her phone and seeing the Black Canary died and just showing her bummed out about that. And then it's like seed like just five panels throughout the first five issues and then had this moment in the sixth or seventh issue that would have felt like way more than what we got here. And it wouldn't sure. have come at the expense of too much. Lord knows there's enough shit in Dark Crisis to pull out for those five or six pages. You know, just... just If you're trying to launch a new character, that seems like a really backwards way to do it. Mm-hmm. My point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Are we also to take that... Um, that this Red Canary character doesn't have any connection to anyone? Like, it's it, just it, a fangirl... I think that's how it is presented, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case. Okay. Uh, have they the, have they announced anything like this is somebody we definitely know or No, I don't believe so. Okay. Do you have a theory is that why? No. No, not in particular. Um It's just I like it. I like it whether it's I just like the character. I think like a cool design. We don't know much about her, but at least see, this is probably my favorite story out of this um, anthology because it actually tells us a little something. You're right. It belongs somewhere else and maybe it doesn't do enough of a job, but it does tell us something about red canary. It does advance her character a little bit, at least personality wise. Um, And you know, if it is related to somebody, that's cool. If it's uh, just somebody who's like a fan of superheroes trying to get in on the action, uh, that's cool too. Like, if yeah, if it's like a Ray uh, Skywalker situation where, uh, you know, the, she, the way that who, the way that who's it last, whose last name will she take in the future? Yeah, exactly. Well, Lance. Lance. Yeah. Um, but but it's not for Diana. It's for uh, what was her husband's name? Uh, Kurt. Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt for, for, Kurt, for Kurt Lance. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, to to, to somewhat uh, counter that point, though, I don't know how. I think we. I. It would have been better to give Red Canary a, a spotlight without Black Canary first, so we get to know about her as a character before learning about her just as a fangirl of Black Canary. Yes, I agree with that. I, I think I stand by what we kind of talked about uh, in an episode or two ago about how this new character, like so many other new recent DC characters, was just kind of bungled in the introduction a little bit. It doesn't mean they can't become a good character, and it doesn't mean they don't have an appealing... Like, she's got an appealing look and an appealing con- concept uh but just the way she was introduced makes you feel like okay this character is supposed to be a lot bigger of a deal and i i'm not certain why that is 
I don't know this for a fact. I would guess she's going to be a supporting character in Williamson's Green Arrow book, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to think. That whole book is like the search for Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that she won't pal around with Dinah for that search. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. Connor Hawk probably, too. Again, yep. I'm all for that. Like this, you know, I, I think that it's sort of silly that for the first 80 years of DC Comics, so few of the characters that have been around forever have any real supporting casts beyond like a partner, right? Like mm-hmm. Superman has, I mean, fucking Bibbo is a, is a thing. Like the, the guy who owns a bar in Metropolis is a Superman supporting character, but we don't get anything even remotely close to that for so many other characters. So I think like the emphasis on the Flash family lately has been great. You know, we've talked about how much we dislike the books, but I think generally doing more with characters like Nubia, I think is really good for the Wonder Woman line, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that it's about time that we got more Green Green Arrow stuff rather and a, a sort of a proper supporting cast there. And I think that would also allow those books to maybe stick around a little bit longer if you do have more characters to tell stories with. But I think it's interesting that Nightwing number 101, which comes out in February, is seeing Nightwing launch a new version of the Titans, which is just like the classic. It's Donna Troy, Cyborg, Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire, and uh, Wally West. Mm -hmm. But like those characters aren't really doing much elsewhere. So why not make them Nightwing supporting characters for a while? Yeah. That's fun. So that's yeah. how I feel about this. Like, you know, let let Red Canary be a uh uh Green Arrow supporting character for a while. And then maybe if there's something fun that happens with the character, throw her on the Teen Titans or, you know, her own book or whatever. But that's that's down the road. Yeah. Um This is also perfectly crumpulent Tom Derenick art. I wish Robin didn't look like he was a a full grown ass man, but otherwise, this is fine, I think. Yeah. Nothing too special. Uh, All right. Vincey, what comes out next week? Ah, fuck. Um, Hey, actually, before we do that, I did want to mention how funny it would be with the whole uh, Damien looking older thing. Uh If, like, (laughs) if DC was like, all right, all right. We heard you. You're upset that we aged up John Kent. We're gonna age up Damien for no reason. <laughs> Will that make everything better? Um, that, okay, that would be funny. And, and now that I've stalled for time, I have next week's books. Okay. Um, Batgirls number thirteen, Batman Incorporated number three, Batman Spawn number one. Uh, the the biggest book we are definitely not covering on the show. Um, I will say the Dave, art's really good in that. The art's really good. Greg Capullo, a, a, a true king. Um, Danger Street, number one. Dark Crisis, Big Bang, number one. Harley Quinn Uncovered, number one, which I believe is just a collection of Harley Quinn pinups. Um, I believe so, yes. Yep. That one's for, for Walter Richardson. Um, <laughs> I Am Batman, number 16. Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 18. Uh, Wildcats, number two. And Wonder Woman, 794. That's a week. It's a week of comics. Yep. Some interesting stuff in there. I'm excited to talk about one of those books in particular. Yep. You'll find out which one next week. Me too. Uh, until then, you can find uh, myself. I, I am still on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app. Zach is still for now on Twitter. He is at. He's dead. Well, well his, his spirit lives on Twitter and the ghost of Z. 
Uh, if you can find Vince, the ghost uh, of Z, <laughs> the bulk of Z. I, I was trying to make a ghost joke. The bulk of Z. He should, for this week, only change it to the ghost of Z, though, just to uh, play into our bit. Uh, if you need to find Vince, he is cleaning all the caffeine-free diet cokes off his bedside table. You get that joke? I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. But oh, you don't get the joke? Maybe I do. Oh, you're you're lucky if you don't get the joke, man. I'll explain it to you off the air. Okay. But uh, thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. You can't think like that, man. You can't think like that. He was the cute beetle. Okay. What are you going to do?